0: a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest-growing fintech plays in the world today. OK, let's roll.
1: So welcome on Breaking Banks Europe. I'm Francesca Liberti. I will be your host for today. And we are here for this special episode at Finnovate in London. And my first guest is uh, Saira Khan from uh, First Direct Bank. Hello, Saira.
2: Hello, hello, how are you?
1: Very good, and thanks for joining us for, Absolute this, pleasure. Uh, Absolute pleasure. for this interview. So, Saira leads and supports a collaboration of fintech and traditional financial services for First Direct Bank, as I said, where she leads on business model innovation, focus on areas including open banking, emerging technologies such as data and AI. And she has a very sweet spot on sustainability as well. So first of all, I really want to congratulate with you, Syrah, for having been listed on Innovate Finance Women in Fintech Power List. How does it feel?
2: Oh, thank you so much. Very recent. Absolutely amazing. Um, what a great, great kind of a, a recognition and so timely as well. So thank you very much. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> That's nice. You deserve it. So. What I wanted to ask you as first question, uh, of course, I have to because it's Uh everywhere in the news. First Direct Bank is also owned by HSBC and Mm -hmm. HSBC is everywhere right now for um, the rescue deal, let's call it like that, of uh, SVB. What's your view on that? Uh, How does it feel?
2: Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. Honestly, I'm absolutely thrilled. And i'm glad you brought that up i think you know it sends such a great message out um, for our customers our colleagues you know to be part of the hsbc family and it's a huge mes- message on our commitment really francesca like you know just it's awesome um, let me take you back actually just to talk about a little bit of the story so hsbc foundations you know if we go back all the way to 1865 you know 158 years ago um, we were helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses And here we are today with this rescue deal. So actually it makes me super proud that HSBCs not only come in, but also help to collaborate so quickly, uh, so timely. I mean, we're all here to solve problems, but what a great way for everybody to get together and and solve a problem.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be great times for you, I'm sure. Um, Let's keep talking about uh, uh, the startup ecosystem, because within your role, you have quite the privilege to see the collaboration between the traditional world and the fintech ecosystem. Could you share with us maybe a little bit your experience in this? Oh, Um, it's
2: super exciting. Look, you know, when often we talk about this and, you know, when you talk to industry folk, you know, it's like, oh, it's the incumbents versus the fintechs, but actually it's not. You know the fintechs have helped us um, to really start get a you know a good kind of a competition going, and start thinking about how our customers are behaving and changing, and how we need to move quickly. So I think it's a beautiful family between the two for us to work together. Um, super excited. We as you know HSBC's commitment and First Direct's commitment, we've we worked with you know partnerships for a long time now, um, and partnerships come in many forms. Look, there's four types of partnerships we've got regulatory compliance, vendor relationships, strategic investments and in research and product collaboration. And I think you know we're very proud to say we're across all of those. Um, so I think from my personal opinion, they're super important. Um, I'm glad we're in that space. I mean, it's been great talking to some of the great ideas today and it gets us to start thinking about fantastic ideas too right
1: yeah that's great indeed and before when we were chatting we also talked about the difference in, in in cultural mindset that maybe you have to face when talking with a startup so we were discussing the fact that sometimes a startup needs to put in the shoes of the bankers What's your experience with that?
2: <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna bring that up. What a great way to go kind of to. It. It's um look, I think there's a there's a huge kind of a cultural shift between the way that the, the startups communicate versus the way that, you know, the storytelling piece comes in. You know, the banks understand customers and and I'm gonna say first Robert's is a part of a large organization's HSBC. And we see a lot of founders come in, a lot of different people. Um, the one thing that we need to get right and the one thing I think I'm so passionate about is that cultural piece, the education around taking everybody on that journey with you. So when you're working with, whether it be vendors, whether it be big partnerships, you know, what does it mean? You know, what does it actually mean for the customer? Because ultimately we're all serving customers and, you know, making their, you know, their, you know, their kind of experiences so seamless and that's what we're all here to do. So. Um, we need to take everyone on that journey. Is the is the thing that we were talking about earlier, and, and founders around, you know, understanding how to collaborate with the banks and, you know, how to get the best out of their experiences as well, um, in telling us how they can work together with us.
1: So we touch upon the consumer-centric kind of approach, um, and I want to ask you a question about the technology now. Mm-hmm. Like many times, we see. Um, a lot of focus on these emerging technologies Mm -hmm. rather than maybe a more like solution driven to the customer so what's your view on these enabling technology like ai data analysis and so on maybe also for the next five to ten years
2: great question i think i don't have a crystal ball so you know it's very hard for us to look five ten years ahead i mean especially with the climate change and everything that we've seen over the last five years and what we've all come out of the pace of digital has changed tremendously. In in some cases, we were forced into the digital experience very, very quickly and rapidly versus, you know, a kind of a a period where Web 2 was, you know, a journey for a while. We're already talking about Web 3 and a lot of people are starting to understand, you know, what does open banking mean? What is Web 3? What is AI? Without knowing, actually, we're already in these experiences with a lot of the things that we're doing in our everyday life, you know, through social media, through the choices that we make through our Netflix and Amazon and God knows what that we're watching. Um, so I think what we're gonna start seeing is, I think there's an understanding piece of what it actually means versus what do we do with it? Um, and I think what we need to do, there's an opportunity here, I think it's a good one to talk about is, not to look at web two, and web three as two different areas, and also not take all the the learning, you know, the experiences from web two and go, Maybe we'll change them in Web 3. Let's take Zoom as an example. You know, we were, we've been all using Zoom.
1: Definitely.
2: It's a metaverse. Um, And a lot of people have been talking about this and they're like, oh, I'm in the metaverse. I'm like, yeah, you are having interaction (laughs) physically, you know, in another place and um, you are connecting, you're entertaining, you are collaborating. So this is a thing. It's an understanding piece, which is one. So everybody understanding where they are. Um, AI is going to be huge. I mean, look, it's going to be a part of us, um, our everyday daily lives. Um, and it's something that we take opportunity from, not shy away from. If you are hearing these terminologies and you're at the other side and yeah. you're like, oh, gosh, you know, what does it mean for me? Start maybe looking into how AI is serving you today and what kind of opportunities already um, it's served you with and how it's made your life easier. Choices in movies, choices in, you know, shopping and stuff like that. I mean, I would love for an experience where banking is—we are across every channel um, without having to be a payment processor. If you know what I mean, without
1: like, being seen. Let's exactly,
2: say. Yeah. it's like breathing, right? And we've heard <laughs> some of our our senior folk talk about this we breathe, but we know we breathe, but we don't talk about it. Well, that's going to be how we operate from the bank. Yeah, that's a
1: great metaphor, actually. That's (laughs) really nice, Sarah. Um, Another really big topic is sustainability. Uh, Everybody is talking about that in the banking scene and everywhere. What's your experience with that? Before, I said you have a sweet spot for that. Uh, Could you tell us more about it? Personally?
2: I think it is it is the most important thing that we could all be thinking about right now. In fact, I think it's the number one thing that, is, you know, that we all should be driving towards. From a personal perspective and even from the, the angle of where we are, whether it be a fintech, whether it be a bank, um, you know, I'm proud to say I'm part of an organization that's been at the forefront of these kind of conversations, you know at the COP26, 27, 28, you know, as we go forward, you know, we're working together with the world leaders um, in being at the forefront of the conversations. We're educating people internally, um, you know, about what does it mean? But the most exciting thing is, is how it's going to serve us in making decisions mm-hmm. through our digital experiences, which I'm excited about. You know, I'd love for it to be telling me where I can, you know, I can personally make some choices about, you know, buying my coffee, you know, you know making a purchase and using uh, a fuel item or
1: yeah because many times it's actually the consumer that is making the choice so exactly. w- whatever you you mentioned now is actually a consumer driven choice and
2: Francesca let me tell you something um, a funny story so when i went to first direct and, and visited the actual kind of offices our physical offices after covid um i was so pleased to see the parking spots um we're pretty much you know we had a lot of the um, Uh, you know, carbon kind of, you know, the, the charging docks already in there. I think that's the kind of things, not only from a customer standpoint, from an employee standpoint, making it easier for them as well. So they understand what choices do they need to make? You know, definitely.
1: Um,
2: But yeah, we're talking about digital and personal experiences. But yes, everything we do.
1: (laughs) Nice, really nice. One very last question. Um, It's about diversity. So I've seen in this conference they actually did quite a nice job in every in having um, women always on stage. And I'm not saying like uh, you are on stage because you are a woman. Actually, it's completely the opposite. Like they make an effort in finding super clever woman that can be on stage. So what's your experience uh, within the banking sector with diversity, being a woman in the financial sector?
2: Good question, Um, Francesca. I think representation matters and and we all understand that now. And I think it's a it's such an exciting place to be right now, Um, whether whichever gender you're in or whichever kind of diversity you know, place you sit. I, you know, I'm hugely passionate about this. In fact, I was talking about this last week from an International um, Women's Day perspective. We're very privileged that right now the industry has changed a lot, that, you know, we're getting some diverse voices. We need them more from the innovation standpoint. And this is where my personal kind of views come in. I think as we're, you know, as we're designing products, experiences, you know, and we're looking at kind of, you know, the next generation of offerings that come out, we don't only need women. We need a diverse set of thinking and, you know, that's every individual, you know, whether it be from vulnerabilities to disabilities to, to genders. So, yes, women and the gender thing is hugely important. But I think just on, across all of that, I would say whichever facet of diversity you sit across, I think um, representation matters. The other thing I would say is also, you know, there's a find a voice, but also be available to be at the table, to be involved. If you see great ideas being built, put your hand up, get involved. Um, But yeah, super super important, but very...
1: That's nice. Thanks a lot, Saira. It was a pleasure to have you here. Enjoy the rest of the conference, uh, and thanks again.
2: Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Do you want to be part of Breaking Banks Europe? Reach out and learn more about the opportunity to be featured in one of our shows. With over 1.6 million listeners and counting, Breaking Banks Europe is bound to become the place to advance critical dialogue in Europe and the UK fintech scene. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter at BreakingBankseu or go to www.provoke.fm.
1: Welcome back at Breaking Banks Europe. We are here at Finnovate in London with my next guest that I'm going to introduce you in a very bit, but before as usual, let me give him the introduction that he deserves. So he has over 20 years of experience in the strategic execution of product strategy, particularly in the B2B technology industry, a true Liu. He sets product strategy and oversees the launch of new digital identity verification solutions and services. In this high-impact role, he rebuilt the product management organization and instituted model processes for customer risk management compliance. I'm really happy to introduce you, Michael Ramsbacher from Trulio. Hi. Thanks a lot, Michael, for for joining you. Thank you for joining you. Actually... You know, what's what's uh, incredible? You have been everywhere in this conference. Uh, so yesterday you were on stage multiple times. I think you are kind of making a challenge with Chris Skinner, who who's more on stage, right? Something like that.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, we, at, at Truliu, we believe that identity really is the foundation of the digital economy. So. Um, I guess maybe that's why I'm on stage. No, but though, but.
1: That, that, that's good. That's good. And uh, um, congratulations actually, because I've seen your demo yesterday and also your keynote afterwards. So it was really good to seeing you on stage. how How do you do you see the conference? Uh, do you ha- Did you had uh, good uh, good meetings, good networking? Uh, how was your experience at Finnovate right? Yeah, now?
3: absolutely. This is a great conference, and uh, this is where our customers are. So being in product, it's, um, it's always a good thing when I can talk directly to our customers and find out um, what their problems are and then take those problems back and, and, and work on solutions. And that's, that, you know, that's what product development is all about. So yeah, it's a great conference. Um, and uh, really good, high-value conversations with our customers.
1: Nice. Great to hear. So, um, Michael, uh, we said that truly is a leading provider of digital identity um, verification. Uh, so, I would like to ask you to give us a, a little bit of an overview of what was the evolution sure. of this field and what are actually the, the, the problems of the, the yeah. customer
3: you're yes. facing? Yeah, so use Heritage, our DNA is providing global identity verification solutions to enterprises that need to operate in the international market. So truly customers use our services in 30 or 40 or 50 countries on a daily basis. So that's really kind of our uh, our DNA, if you will, is global identity. And what we've done is we've released a a platform that takes those capabilities and gives our customers new ways to build solutions um, that are appropriate for their technology stacks. And we do that across businesses and individuals
1: and what's the reaction that you've seen? Because many times uh, um, it's difficult to make understand financial institutions that they have a problem. So what's your experience with that?
3: Well, you know, uh, what we hear from our customers is that they're trying to be more efficient with their onboarding processes. So maybe a couple of years ago, they were just trying to onboard every user that they possibly could and then sort out the good ones from the bad ones later, right? But now, especially in this economic environment, they're trying to be really efficient with their onboarding processes. And so the Trulyu platform allows them to create workflows and onboarding solutions that are most efficient because Trulyu helps them optimize the different services together. And we do that on a country by country basis because the right answer for onboarding efficiency in the United States may be different than the right onboarding solution for Canada for example and so our global knowledge of identity plus the tools allows us to build solutions for our customers to really lower the cost of onboarding a verified good user
1: yeah you touch upon a very interesting point uh, uh, the global side of this because I've seen a lot of solutions that are actually tackling the problem country by country and this probably is quite a difficulty while a solution that could tackle the problem globally it's a big asset what do you think about it
3: yeah there's there's a there's a lot of regional players and a lot of point solutions but truly customers turn to truly you because through one contract and one platform we can solve the problem in multiple countries and that's important for customers that are operating in multiple countries but it's also important for customers that have global ambitions. So you might be a a UK bank or a Canadian money services business, but you want to expand internationally. So when you use the Trulyu platform, you're future-proofing your global expansion because you can quickly and easily solve identity globally through the Trulyu platform, which means you can invest more time and resources in your product and your core intellectual property and not have to put those resources into identity.
1: Definitely. So you are mentioning the platform, and I know you've just launched and rebranded the digital platform. Could you tell us a little bit more about sure. this platform? Sure.
3: And, and, you know, platform can be an overloaded term. So I'll yeah. tell you specifically what it means to Truly. It means we have a programmable identity platform. So we have all of the building blocks that are necessary to build business and individual onboarding solutions at global scale. And we have great solution consulting teams that can give you the kind of the the formulas for different uh, platform configurations for different countries. And we also have the ability for our customers to really build creative solutions from those blocks themselves. And the amazing thing about this platform launch is seeing the creative solutions that our solution consulting team and our customers are coming up with, with the platform components that we've developed. So it's it's really been an amazing journey so far. Um, and um, it's really resonating with your customers. Great.
1: So yesterday, during your keynote, you said something that um, was really interesting for me, actually, um, because everybody keeps talking about uh, the importance of frictionless experiences and so on. But you said, actually, that uh, um, we have to take care of the right amount of friction because frictionless, it's super good, of course, but we also need to be sure that there is a barrier. So a sort of friction to be sure that the client is secure, let's say. Could you double click on this?
3: Yeah, I, 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 I try and talk about good friction and bad friction, right? And there are, there are bad actors in the world. And so we can't just have no friction, right? We have to have the appropriate amount. And so an example of bad friction is you know if you're doing like a document verification, not having the proper technology that gets the person through the workflow one time. If you're asking somebody to retry something over and over again, that's an example of bad friction. So it's having the the necessary amount, and then understanding that what is necessary is different in a country by country basis, and it even differs from use case and different. Um, Uh, demographic uh, segments Uh, there are specific countries that have specific regulations that maybe make the data verification difficult people have thin files thin credit histories if you will and so you need to have your workflows adaptable to your specific use case your specific country what is your risk profile and um, and and Again, that's the benefit of the Truly platform, is that you can you can quickly and easily create all of those variables and then monitor and tune them over time. Definitely.
1: So, double clicking on this, uh, could you tell us uh, about fraud? So, uh, how Truly is enabling customer detecting fraud or, uh, let's say, having a smooth uh, uh, process around that?
3: Yeah. So. the, we're, we're truly, we, we help our customers with fraud in a, in a couple of ways. One is uh, we have the necessary services that can be used together to identify stolen identities in onboarding process or synthetic identity. And then we also have risk-based decisioning signals within our platform that our customers participate in a consortium. So we can see things like velocity. So if names are repeating at a at a at a at a high volume, or we see anomalies in the relationships between identity information, we can alert our customers and say this is potentially a risky transaction, and so they can flag that and monitor that and make better risk-based decisions. Um, and the value that Trulioo brings there is that we work with all of the top companies in crypto marketplaces um, financial services um, fintech and so all of the top companies in there so truly you can draw really um, uh, really valuable insights from the network of customers that we work with
1: So you have quite an extensive experience in your role, uh, both product and strategy. Uh, Which are the challenges that you have faced during your career? Of course, regarding digital identity, maybe with the customer itself.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, when when it comes to identity solutions and fraud, it's um, the problems will never be fully solved. It's 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 always evolving and the chal- we need to
1: catch the bad guys. <laughs> it's,
3: it's a cat and mouse game, right? They're, the bad guys are always probing for yeah. um, for new um, uh, to find new ways to exploit platforms. So we need to continually evolve our techniques to stop them. But on the other side of the coin, we need to evolve our techniques to make it easier and better for the vast majority of transactions are. Good users who just want to get onto the platform to do whatever business they're signing up to do, and so for Truly, we need to continually evolve and add new capabilities to our platform to solve for both of those at the same time, and so that's where things like national ID databases and biometrics for age estimation and all of those capabilities, um, so. From a product perspective, my job and identity is never really done, and and that's that's what's so exciting about working in this sector.
1: Great. I have to think and I have to say that you probably have to talk with some Italian banks because my verification process every time I have to make a payment is a nightmare.
3: Yes, (laughs) one of my favorite examples when I talk about document verification is there are old Italian driver's licenses that are paper that are printed on a dot matrix printer and some of those are still in circulation And and it's very difficult to create AI to solve for those identity documents as opposed to a modern document that has an NFC chip in it. And again, that's an example of country to country, the techniques that you need differ.
1: Please do something for us, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, so my very last question is about the future of Trulio. So um, which are the milestones you you have in place for, for the next five years, let's say?
3: Well, Trulio is the world's identity platform, so, for for us it's continuing to you know back to your previous question of, of what is uh, uh, what is the what is the roadmap with with identity so for us it's continuing to add new platform capabilities that our customers need to verify businesses and individuals globally and that's new fraud techniques and that's new identity onboarding techniques um, and um, and, and providing the capabilities that our customers need to operate in international markets. We want to be the world's identity platform. So regardless of the country that you're operating in and the customers that you're targeting, we want you to be the world's identity platform and solve those problems.
1: Thank you so much, Michael. It was really a pleasure meeting you.
3: Great,
0: thank you.
1: Thank you, thank you to our audience and see you next week.